0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the episode.
1: How are you on this brisk March morning? Blessed, amen. I was talking with uh, Brother Andy a few weeks ago. He said, I think we're done with the snow. And uh, I said, no, 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 we need a little bit more. It's still March. He says, "He said um, you're a you're not hu-. no." He said, "You're a terrible person." I said, "Yeah, but we're all terrible people." And uh, texted him yesterday. I said, "Are you enjoying this lovely snow that we got this morning?" He said, "I don't remember what he said. It was something very positive. I'm sure." But that was my encouraging text of the morning. This time, I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter five as we stand together. As we look to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, we'll begin reading to verse number 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. When they, had done, they, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, they should come and help. They should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon and Jesus, said unto Simon, Fear not, From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I'd like to preach to you a message this morning entitled, At Whose Word? At Whose Word. Let's pray. God, we are blessed to be here today. Your mercies are new every morning and to be able to be in your church assembled this morning, we ask God that you would te- you would speak to us. God, all th- good things come from above, and we ask that you would send good things our way today. May your spirit be in this place. May you fill me with your holy spirit. Father, may I be a conduit, an instrument, a tool that you would use today to preach your word. Father, help me to say exactly what you once said and help me to hold back everything you do not once said. Father, bless these your people today. God, give us a word from on high. In Christ's name I pray, amen. may be seated. Finish this sentence. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. As human beings, doubt comes far too easy. Doubt is built into the fiber of the natural man. Faith is an area that every believer has and will struggle with in their lifetime, and it's going to be a repeated event. The Bible calls our flesh the natural man, or the old man. Since the fall of man, there has been this antagonizing nag that has been pulling people to doubt. The preachers got it. Mommy and daddy have it. The children have it. Grandma and grandpa have it. Pastor has it if you are living and breathing this morning then you have it there is something built into us that is pulling us from faith to doubt I don't doubt this morning that there are people in here that believe true born-again Christians that actually believe but we can still relate to Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief. Now how can we, if we are believers, if we are saved, if we've trusted Christ, how can we believe but at the same time, unbelieve? How can we believe but at the same time we need help with our unbelief? Well, if the believer has the old man, the believer also has the new man. When you got saved, the Bible puts it this way, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you got saved, you received a new man, a spiritual man, a new nature. And Paul tells us more than once to put on the new man, put off the old. Why? Why? Because the old man brings doubt, where the new man brings faith. The old man brings struggle, where the new man brings strength. The old man will bring confusion, where the new man will bring clarity. Your old nature will hold you back from doing anything for God, because he will cause you to believe that God can do it for others, but he won't do it for me. It will cause you to believe that God can do it for others, but I won't see God do it. The old man will cause you to believe half-heartedly. Well, I believe that God can do it. I say that God can do it, but I really don't think I'll ever see it. I really don't think I will ever see God do it. The old man will work and play on your unbelief. To hold you back from ever reaching your true potential for Jesus Christ. When you go out soul winning, from the start, when your head gets off the pillow, you've made up in your mind that you won't see any converts that day, that you won't see anybody come to Christ. When that bill comes due, and you've heard testimony of how God has taken care of others and how he's provided their needs and how he brought a miracle, but it can't happen to me. It's never happened to me. when you spent years praying for a loved one that's lost, and that needs Christ, and lately your prayers have been half-hearted. Well, if they haven't come to Christ yet, will they ever? So what will help mine unbelief? Finish this sentence. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I'm asking you today, at whose word? This is a familiar passage this morning, but it's just as true and just as relevant as any other passage. Jesus has this following of people. He have this following of people that wish to hear him speak, so Jesus approaches the shore where he sees these two ships. It must have been a rather large crowd because he, he gets on Simon's ship, on Simon's boat, and he's wanting Simon to take him out, thrust a little bit out from shore that I could speak to these people. Now, it wasn't a coincidence. This was, this was what we call a divine appointment. It wasn't a coincidence that he chose Peter's ship. Listen to me this morning. When God gets on your ship, it's not by accident when God gets on your ship it's on purpose when God gets on your ship he's got a plan God does not do anything God has never done anything by accident when Jesus embarked on Peter's ship he had a reason when he embarks on your ship he's got a reason and it's not by accident but where was Simon When Jesus showed up, he was washing his nets. He was off the ship, clocked out, done. I mean, they toiled all night. They spent from who knows how many hours out fishing, and they had given up for the day. They were washing their nets. It's not an uncommon thing to do, washing your nets. You don't want algae and bacteria building up. So they were washing their nets, they were done. But not only that, the Bible says they have taken nothing. They caught nothing. Can you imagine the frustration that they're already feeling? These men out there doing what they have been doing for so long, so many years, and this night they had caught nothing. They had in their mind, if we fish at night, we'll have more success. At night, the fish are closer to the surface. The sun sun isn't out. We don't have to go as deep. We'll have more success, and it would make sense that they would fish at night. It makes sense to Peter that he would go fishing at night. But they caught nothing. When Jesus saw them, they were washing their nets, which means they were done. They'd given up. So my question to you this morning is, are you washing your nets? Have you given up? Have you lost hope? Maybe you've been at it all night. Maybe you've toiled through the night. Maybe you've been at it for years. Maybe you've been up throughout the nights, different nights in a row, unable to sleep because of the problem that you're facing, because of the success that you haven't seen. And now you're thinking it's time to wash my nets. Now it's time to give up. You may not say the words, but your mind is already made up. Giving up means that you can't move forward. Giving up means that growth has stopped. You might be in this room today, you might be in this auditorium today, and you're washing your nets. You could be in this auditorium today, and you've already washed your nets, and you've put them away, never to be used, and just completely given up. But just when Simon gave up, Jesus got on the boat. And when Jesus got on the boat, it was time for Simon to get back on the boat. When Jesus shows up, that makes all the difference in the world. That makes all the difference you're going to need. When Jesus got on the boat, it was time for Simon to get back on the boat. And Jesus takes Simon's boat, boat, Simon's vessel, and he turns it into a platform to preach to people. Now, we don't know what he preached on. We don't know what he preached on but he's preaching and he's preaching to this huge group of people Jesus has preached to huge groups of people before when he preached on the mountain the Beatitudes to 5,000 men not including women and children Jesus was preaching and I'd like to think that Peter was listening because he was on the boat with Jesus and he heard the message that Jesus preached after he had preached to this people, he makes a request to Simon. He has a request for Simon. Jesus is telling Simon, do it again. Launch out into the deep. Cast your net. But, Master, we've toiled through the night. We've toiled through the night we've caught nothing we've had no success we haven't seen a harvest yes but that was when it was just you now Jesus is on the boat that was when it was just you now Jesus has come aboard Simon says all right but at thy word now when Simon says at thy word It doesn't mean, okay, I'll humor you. Okay, Jesus, I will do it, but just to show you, just to show you that there's no point. He's not saying it in order to prove Jesus wrong. This is what it means. When he says, at thy word, it means to rely on. It gives this idea, the word of a greater authority. See, when Jesus was preaching... I like to think it was on faith. Jesus might ask you some things that may not sound right to you. Jesus might ask some things from you that might seem unconventional. Jesus might ask you some things, and you might say this, I've toiled through the night, I've worked at it for years, I've done it for a long time, I haven't seen any success, I haven't seen a harvest, and now you're asking me to do it again? We've toiled all night. It might seem like it's a waste of effort. It might seem like it's a waste of resources. It might feel like you've exhausted all of your energy on this one thing, and you still haven't seen success. And you feel like God is telling you to do it, but you say, I've already done that. I've already tried that. I've already been there. Jesus is telling you to do it, and you said, I've been down this road before. Jesus, you don't know how long I've been working at this. You don't know how long I've been doing this. It may not sound right, but nonetheless, Jesus is making his request known. I'm here to ask you today, all the effort you've put in, everything that you have done, the nights you have spent working, and the prayers that you have prayed, may I ask you this? At whose word? Before, Simon was relying on Simon. Simon was relying on Simon's word. He's been at it all night. Maybe you've spent many nights awake praying for somebody, and you haven't seen a harvest. Maybe you spent many nights away trying to figure out the solution to this problem, and there is no solution. Peter had bills he had to pay. Peter had a family to supply for. Peter had a sick mother-in-law. Peter had, you name it, he had problems like you and me. And he was toiling all night to find the solution to the problem. But Jesus still makes this request. Jesus is telling Peter, launch out into the deep. And you think, Jesus, I've done this before and I've caught nothing. And it may not be for lack of trying, it's probably for lack of believing. It may not be for lack of trying, it may be for lack of believing, it may be a lack of faith. Your lack of faith does not hinder the power of God. But your lack of faith will hinder you experiencing the power of God. Your lack of faith does not hinder the power of God, but your lack of faith can hinder the way you experience the power of God. Maybe Jesus is telling you to launch out into the deep, but God, I've been down this road before, no success. Launch out into the deep and cast out your net. Now, the fish, they come out at night. The most opportune time to fish is when the sun goes down. Nobody else is out here. All the boats are docked. Everyone else has cleaned their nets and they've gone home. If we can't fish, get, catch fish at night, then how are we supposed to catch fish during the day? The chances just go down. Can I ask you this? How did Sarah conceive Isaac at 90 years old? How did a little boy named David slay a giant named Goliath when the odds were physically impossible? How did Joseph become the governor of one of the greatest empires of its day, going from a Hebrew slave to the man in charge? How did Moses part the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could cross safely? You see, the boat may have belonged to Peter, but the sea belonged to Jesus. The boat belonged to Peter, but Jesus is the master of the sea. Jesus controls the sea. You can't control the sea. You can't control the harvest. You can't control the results. But what you can do is you can step out in obedience and say, I will cast out my net at thy word. The boat may belong to you, but the sea belongs to Jesus. We have the offering coming up next week. Maybe you've been praying about what God would have you to give, and God placed this message on my heart before we ever talked about the offering, before it was ever mentioned. Maybe you've been praying and asking God what he wants you to give, maybe you're afraid to Pray and ask God, because you don't, might not like the answer of how much he'll tell you to give. What you, ask, what you believe he's asking you to do may seem unconventional, maybe even impossible. But how many of you want to see God do something? How many of you want to experience the power of God in your life? Not just your neighbor's life, not just the preacher's life, not just someone else's life. You hear testimony about people talking about the goodness of God. How many of you want to experience the goodness of God in your own life? Launch out into the deep and cast out your net. See, before now, Simon had been fishing for Simon. Simon had been fishing by Simon's word. But all that is about to change. Because when Jesus stepped on the boat, Peter got back on the boat. When Jesus stepped on the boat, the power of God entered the boat. When Jesus comes into your life, the power of God enters into your life. When Jesus comes on board, Buckle up because something is gonna happen. When Jesus steps on the boat, buckle up because something is about to happen. Aren't you tired of limiting your potential for Jesus Christ? Are you tired of limiting how much God uses you? Jesus was radical in his day. He ruffled a lot of feathers. There's a book called Radical. It's a pretty good book, and it calls out convenient Christianity. <clears throat> See, when you have convenient Christianity, you lack having a relationship with Jesus. You've got salvation, but you're not experiencing his blessings, you're not experiencing the fullness of his grace. When you have convenient Christianity, what you have is mediocre in comparison of what God wants to give you. We live in a society in a country where Christians have to think about it before they come to church. Well, I haven't been in a couple weeks so I probably ought to go. But at the same time I got to bed real late last night. But it's Sunday morning so I probably ought to be there but I worked six days last week, so I'm really tired. It's my only day to sleep in, and we have to convince ourselves to come to church. And convenience has become idolatry. These men were exhausted. They toiled through the night. It was quitting time. They were wore out. Some of you might be on the seashore here. Cleaning your nets. And Jesus is telling you to grab your nets and get on the boat. But God, I've been doing it long enough to know that person's never going to come to Christ. I've been alive long enough to know that things aren't going to change in my family. I- I've been around long enough to know that things aren't going to change in my church. I've been around long enough to know that people don't change. God's telling you to get off the shore, get on the boat. It's time to get your nets dirty again. Maybe your nets are tucked away somewhere. You cleaned them a long time ago and you put them up. You haven't cast them out. I mean, you're here at church, but anyone can fill up you. You're here at church, but you're on the seashore. God's telling you. Launch out into the deep. Cast out your net. Because I'm on the boat now. When you do it at my word instead of yours, that's when you'll see the harvest. When you do it at my word instead of yours, that's when I will bless. See, Peter had to come to the end of himself before he could truly see what God is going to do. Maybe God's letting you get exhausted. Maybe God is letting you wear yourself out because it seemed impossible. I mean, they did it all night, the most opportune time to fish. And then now it's the daytime and we're supposed to go out and fish again. And we caught nothing. There are more than one of us out there. Nothing. But they had to catch nothing before God. Would bless them they had to see that they couldn't do it themselves in order for God to bless them so where was Jesus last night why didn't Jesus show up well we were fishing that would have been a lot easier wouldn't it if Jesus would have come by no no Jesus had to let them tire themselves out give all of their effort and they had to exhaust themselves maybe you're here and you're physically exhausted literally maybe you're emotionally exhausted maybe you're spiritually exhausted what you need to do is let Jesus on your boat grab your nets launch out into the deep before they could fully put their faith in Jesus before they could rely on him they had to come to the end of themselves their efforts their energy, their resources. They had to realize this is beyond me. They needed to know that everything that is going to happen at this moment was solely because of Jesus Christ and not them. Because when you do it at your word, you catch nothing. When you do it at his words, well then... You'll see the results. Then you'll see the results. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. Read it with me. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed. It says, a, it says great multitude. It doesn't say multitude, it doesn't say a few didn't say they caught a full net the net full they caught a great multitude of fishes and their net broke they launched out into the deep let down their nets and it says when they had this done they enclosed a great multitude of fishes they didn't even have a big enough net And these nets were not small. They were meant to to catch large amounts of fish. They didn't even have a big enough net. They didn't even have enough boats. Because when they got them in the boats, the boats began to sink. How big is your net? How big is your faith? They didn't have a net big enough to hold all what God was going to do. When you do something for God, and you do it his way, at his word, you're not going to be able to comprehend what God will do. Your net isn't going to be able to hold it. Your boat's not going to be able to hold it. There's a children's song that sums it up perfectly. Fill my cup and let it... You don't know that one? It's a good bus song. Used to sing them back in Oklahoma. Fill my cup and let it overflow. Fill my cup and let it overflow. Fill my net and let it break. Fill my boats and let them sink. You might not have the resources, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You might not have the strength, but His mercy endureth forever. You might not have the patience, but He is long suffering. You might not have the ability, but he gives understanding and knowledge. You might have discord in your heart, but he gives peace. You might have sin in your life, but he offers forgiveness. Whatever you're facing, God can overcome it. God has more to offer you than you have the ability to receive. You are not capable of handling everything that God offers. God has far more to offer you than you are capable of understanding or receiving. Then why haven't I seen it? Well, can I ask you this? At whose word? In whose strength? Whose ability? Whose wisdom are you using? I say this because it's relevant. It's coming up next week. We have the offering. in a church, only say amen. Are you listening, saints? Only say amen if you truly believe this. God has the ability not only to meet the needs of the $35,000 goal for the year of 2022, but also has the ability by next week to supply the $147,000 needed for the roof. That was a little week so we're gonna go back. If I have to say it a third time, we'll probably just start the whole message over again. So God has the ability not only to meet the needs of the thirty-five thousand dollar goal for twenty twenty-two, he also has the ability to meet the one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars needed for the roof. Amen. Amen. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel this morning. I'm not preaching that if you give a hundred dollars God will give you a thousand or if you give a thousand he'll give you a million. He could, but I'm not saying that he will I'm not trying to preach this prosperity gospel to you, but I am telling you the reality is God is bigger than we are. He's bigger than our understanding. He has more to offer than we can take in. Turn to Malachi chapter, Mal- Malachi chapter 3. Don't lose your place in Luke, but go to Malachi chapter three, verse number ten. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse; there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the window of heaven and pour out a pour you out a blessing, that what's it say? There shall not be room enough to receive it. You know what part of our problem is? We think too small. <clears throat> because it's in our word. It's our understanding. It's our ability. It's our strength. We think too small. We forget that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's not, it's not a metaphor. It's not. It, it, God owns literally all the cattle on all the hills and all the earth. It's all his. God literally owns them all. He feeds the sparrows, the birds. You know how long the richest man in the world would be able to feed all the birds on the earth? The richest man in the world, how long he would be able to feed all the birds in the world? Less than a day. But God has been doing it for years. We think too small because we underestimate who God is we underestimate our his ability a lot of times we overestimate our own i think if i just try harder if i put more into it if i just give it more effort if i exhaust myself surely something good will come of it but if jesus isn't on the boat if you haven't let jesus on the boat will you ever see a harvest God has more to offer than we can receive. God supplies Simon with so many fish. His nets break. His boats begin to sink. And I can't, I can't help but wonder, this came to my mind yesterday as I was sitting in my office. I can't help but wonder, if their boats were sinking in verse number 8, and then they don't go back to shore until verse number 11, how, how much did they sink? Or did they have to throw some fish overboard and get rid of some fish in order to make it back to shore before they sank? Because he said, launch out into the deep. He said, go way out there. So, did they have to throw back some of the blessing because they didn't come prepared? Did they have to throw back some of what God gave them because they weren't prepared, because they underestimated Jesus? Jesus wants to bless you. He's going to bless you. But you need to let him on the boat. You need to follow in obedience. You need to launch out into the deep. You need to cast your net. You need to take your net out of a drawer. Take your net out of the tackle box. You need to cast it out. This hit home for me, too. This, you know, you got to understand it, study it, and apply it to yourself before you can preach it to others. So God dealt with me about this, too. You need to increase your faith. You need to have high expectations of God. Not, God, I drive a Buick and I'd like to drive a Mercedes. God, I have a three-bedroom house, I'd like to have a five-bedroom house. You got a lot of kids, maybe you do need to do a five-bedroom house. God blesses in all different ways. But you need to have high expectations of God that he'll come through and show himself faithful in your time of need. You need to have enough faith in God, knowing that if you do it at his word, then he'll supply your every need. <clears throat> you need to have such high expectations of God that you need other people by your side to help you pull in the blessing. They called to the other boat. They said, come over here and help us with this. We need to pull in these fish. they knew known that their boats were probably going to sink. That maybe they would have come over and helped. I don't know. But you need good friends beside you laboring with you Helping you. We talk all the time in the teen department about what kind of influences you have. You need godly influences. You need people that will help you, not hinder you. Now, here's the thought. Those fish, they were in the sea before Jesus got there. Those fish were there last night. What made the difference? At thy word. When Jesus was preaching, I'd like to think that he was listening, that Peter was listening. See, God's blessings come out of season. They come when you least expect it. God is not limited by your lack of faith. You are. God is not limited by your lack of faith, but your ability to receive is. God does not want to hold back the harvest. God does not want to hold back your blessing. God does not want to hold back his will for your life. He does not want to hold back your purpose. He he won't hold it back, but are you willing to let him on the boat? Are you willing to receive it and receive it by His word and not your own? There ever been a time where you said, "God, I give it to you. God, my boat is yours. God, my net is yours. There have been a time where you've done that. Every time you do something for God, do it at His word. Every time you cast your net, do it at His word. Some of you have been praying. For someone to be saved. In your family, a good friend, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, mom or dad, you've been praying that God would save them. And you've been praying and you've been praying. And you, Lately, your prayers have been half-hearted. <clears throat> lately, your prayers, they just haven't been what they used to. What they used to be. But you've still been praying, but it's been half-hearted. I ask you a question. At whose word? You come to church but it's half hearted. At whose word? You've handed out gospel tracts, but at whose word? Well, it's what I'm supposed to do. I feel guilty if I don't. It's part of routine. If I don't show up for church, if I don't preach that teach that class, if I'm not at that meeting people will wonder where I'm at and you wonder why God isn't blessing maybe you need to take that step of obedience launch out into the deep and cast your nut he's saying launch but then we see his response the response of Peter in verse verse number eight When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So will you do this? Will you exercise your faith? Will you launch out and cast your net into the deep? Because when you do, God brings the harvest. And then you'll recognize what Peter recognized. I don't even deserve to be in his presence. Depart from me, O Lord. I'm a sinful man. See, when you allow God to work in your life, it will point you to Christ. And when you see Christ for who he is, you see yourself for who you are. Unworthy. The darkness does not deserve to be in the presence of the light. The sinner does not deserve to be in the presence of the sinless. The creation does not deserve to be in the presence of the creator, but he welcomes it. He invites it. Matter of fact, he wants to get on your boat. He wants to partner with you. He wants to show you some great things that he wants to accomplish in your life. And Simon has seen this miraculous happening that God has done in his life, and he's expressing this true humility. He just saw God do something amazing. He just saw God do something beyond his own ability, and it humbles Simon. Now that Simon is humbled, God can reveal his true purpose for Simon's life. You thought this was about fish, you thought this was about business. No, this is about far more than fish. Jesus says, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. See, you've been doing it in the business world, but now you're, going to be, now you're working for me. Now you're on my ship. Don't miss this. Simon had to catch fish before he could catch men. He had to follow God to step one before he could follow God to step two. God is not going to reveal this this great purpose that he has for your life over here if you haven't followed him over here. How many of you are missing out on the purpose that God has for your life? How many of you are missing out on the blessing he has five years down the road that you'll never see because you haven't been faithful to him this year? I couldn't help when I was getting this ready when I was thinking... About this, I couldn't help but wonder what if Simon went home? What if he, listen, listen to this, what if he heard the message that Jesus preached, and when Jesus gave the invitation, he forsook it and went home? This is getting real now. What if Peter had heard the preaching of Jesus and after the preaching was over, Jesus gave him this invitation. Launch out into the deep and cast your net. Do this for me. And at that invitation, Jesus ign- or Peter ignored it, and he went home. How many times has Jesus opened the invitation to you, do this for me? His word was preached, and he says, do this. Launch out into the deep, and then you went home. And you didn't submit where he told you to submit, and his will was not accomplished in your life. And you'll never get over here to step two if you don't submit to step one. God wants to do some great things in your life. And a lot of times, it's our lack of faith that doesn't limit God, but limits our use for God. It doesn't limit His power, but it does limit the way we experience His power. How many times have we gone to church? We've heard God's word preached, but all we do is fill a pew. We go home, Monday through Saturday, it's ours. We never do anything great for God. (coughs) But my net is clean. I've washed it. I've put it away. Get it back out get back on the boat nets were meant for catching fish they were meant to get dirty I don't care how clean it is get the net back out get on the boat and cast it out and then when God does something in your life and when you see him do something great experience the humility that Peter experienced and submit to God. <clears throat> How many of you have missed out on what God has done uh, wants to do in your life because you cleaned your nets too early? I haven't seen God do anything in my life yet. I haven't seen Him do something in a long time. My net is clean and I'm going home. Some of you need to stop cleaning your nets. And understand that the power of Jesus Christ has the ability to do everything that he's called you to accomplish. God wants to increase your faith. So much so that when you get back to the shore, you'll forsake everything and follow him. Verse number 11. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and follow him. They weren't even to the shore yet, and Peter was on his knees. They were still in the boat out in the sea, probably still sinking, and Peter got on his knees. And when you recognize that God is who he says he is, and that God will do what he's promised to do, it brings you to that point of humility where you say, I'll follow you because you're worthy of following. And Jesus really is. He has the power to overcome sin. He has the power to overcome sin. Any situation he has the power to overcome the grave he has the power to overcome the grave is is he came forth we're gonna be celebrating Easter here but we should celebrate it every Sunday because that's the reason we meet is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and he did yes the, the sacrifice had to be made for Jesus to save people from their sins by him dying But if he stayed dead, it wouldn't have done anybody any good. He had to rise. And when he rise, he brought power for every believer. And if you're here today and you're not a believer, Jesus has the power to save your soul from from hell, from sin, from any obstacle that you will face. There's a God in heaven that loves you. He cares for you. He gave his only son to die for you so that you could be saved. And this is what he's asking. Get on the boat. Just get on the boat. You don't have to work. Maybe you have worked. And you've worked for years and years and years trying to earn salvation, trying to figure out, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Am I, am I worthy to be in heaven? Maybe you've relied on baptism for so many years. But here's what it takes. Faith in Jesus Christ. And faith in Jesus Christ alone. So if you're here today and you haven't even gotten on the boat, accept his gift of salvation today. Accept his gift of salvation today and say yes to Jesus. Because it's not about the fish. It wasn't about the fish. It's never as much about the blessing as it is about the blesser. It's never as much about the blessing as it is about the blesser. All the blessings are there to point to the blesser. When Peter was blessed, it brought all of the attention to Jesus Christ. Because they were done, they were at the end of their rope. They were cleaning their nets. Saints, when God works in your life, it is imperative that you recognize that it is God that does the blessing. Maybe you need to make up your mind this morning. Follow him and get back on the boat. But that would involve launching out and casting your net. You want God to bless your life? You want him to use your life? Launch out. You might be ready to clean your net and put them away. And God is saying, Get them dirty again. God is saying, cast him out. Cast it out, because I want to show you something. Something that you haven't seen in a long, long time. I don't just believe he can do it for others. I want to see him do it in my life. Maybe you need to say, I've seen him do it for others, but I want to see him do it in my life. Maybe you've seen him do it for others, but now you want to see him do it in your life. If you get on the boat, he can do it in your life. If you get on the boat, he can bless you. If you get on the boat, he can take care of you. I've seen him do it for others, but I don't think he can just do it for others anymore. I believe he can do it for me question is, at whose word are you going to do it? Are you willing to get back on the boat and give it all to Jesus? Father, God, I hope this was helpful this morning. I know it was helpful to me. I ask that you'd bless it. I ask that you'd bless this church I ask that you'd help us in this area of faith, increase our faith, grow our faith. Just like a flower starts off small and it takes time to grow, our faith, like Peter, started off small, as all he did was cast his net. God, help us to cast our nets and to exercise our faith. God, help us to rely on you, to rely on your word and not ours. And when your word is preached, God, help us to say, I'm willing to let you on the boat. I'm willing to launch out into the deep, and I'm willing to cast out my net. God, there could be some people in here that aren't saved, that haven't accepted you as their savior. I ask that you would do a work in their heart, and that you would bring them to that point of humility, where they would trust you as their savior. God, if there's believers in here that have had their nets away in a drawer for a long time, help them to pull it out. Help them to be committed to you and to take their nets and to get on the boat and to cast them out. May we not just sit on a shelf and not be used, but may we let you use us to our full potential. God, help us to trust you more and more. Father, we've had wonderful stories of different things happening in our own church, people that have answers to prayer. But God, if there's someone here that's saying, I haven't seen you do anything in my life, God, would you help them to get on the boat so that you can show them something wonderful. God, be in our midst this morning. Help us to turn it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We stand to our feet, eyes closed, heads bowed. Maybe you haven't been to the altar in a long time. An altar is just a place where you sacrifice things to God. It could be at your seat. It could be up here. If that's you, then why don't you do business with God? someone put it this way, those who labor by the order and under the direction of the great shepherd and bishop of souls cannot labor in vain. Maybe you're worried that you've been laboring in vain, that all of your effort's been wasted. Well, who was in charge? Was it you or was it Jesus? This morning, let Jesus on the Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. I ask that you would help us to take your word to heart, that we would increase our faith. God lets you do the work in our hearts so that we can be what you want us to be. Help us not to hold back anymore out of doubt or fear. Help us not to rely on ourselves. Help us to rely on your word. Help us to rely on your authority, not our own. Father, it's in your precious son's name we ask all this. Amen. All right. Well, uh, You can be seated. I have a few announcements this morning before Brother Dennis comes and leads us in prayer. Uh, we have the greeter and usher training meeting. That will be tonight at 5 o'clock. So if you're a greeter or an usher, this meeting is for you at 5 o'clock. Um, if you uh, are interested in becoming a greeter or an usher, uh, then be here at 5 o'clock. The Conquerors Through Christ offering is next April 3rd or next week, April 3rd, so please keep that in prayer. And then we have the work day, April 9th at 8 a.m. And the good news is breakfast is provided. <clears throat> so April 9th at 8 a.m. Well, have breakfast first. We could really use some men to help finish up the, uh, the west wing floor here, putting some cove down and um, caulking in certain places, but being able to do that will be a blessing. So if you can make it April 9th, be here for that. Easter Sunday, also have some baptisms, so you don't want to miss that, be here Easter Sunday. Uh, If you are interested in becoming, uh, or interested in being baptized, uh, please let us know, we can make that arrangement, talk with you more about that if you have any questions. And then just after we dismissed today, there was a small celebration happening in the foyer for Isaac Nicholson, who has graduated um, from the, I don't even know what it's called. Go ahead and speak up. Air Force Institute. All right. right, So be out here to help congratulate him for that and celebrate. There's cake, water uh, out there, coffee. we will be here for that. All right, this time, uh, Brother Dennis is going to come, and he's going to lead us in a prayer.
0: Before we pray, how many have had a chance to look down the hall over here? thumbs up or thumbs down, thumbs sideways, it looks a little bit incomplete, have you noticed, Um, when pastor was doing his video, did you notice kind of what was missing, anybody notice that, how many of you noticed it, okay hold your hands up, let me get a count here, one, two, hold them up, three, four, (laughs) how many of you have ever installed that rubber cove base how many are not being honest (laughs) I've never done it I'm a painter we have a we have a pilot over here we have an AC man here we have an electrician back here we have a jack-of-all-trades over here his nickname is Bezalil If a painter installs it, I'm not sure the results. I'm not sure how good an electrician would be at installing it. But bottom line, we need help just to finish it up. The nursery um, needs cove base. (coughs) So if you've got time, even during the week, even before the workday next Saturday, um, Brother Frank, is it okay if they just contact you to get kind of instructions? Wave your hand. Brother Frank's over here. Uh, We could use help on that, Um, whatever's left next Saturday, we're gonna jump in and see if we can knock that out. So thank you, thank you for your help on that. While Brother Caleb was preaching, by the way, a very, that was a blessing and a challenge, thank you for that. Um, This verse came to mind, one a lot of us know, Ephesians 3, it's a passage I had memorized some time ago and think about, It's, it's a very good passage at the very end kind of a doxology now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power yeah he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above i believe it i believe it and then we read the next words (laughs) according to the power that worketh in us oops (laughs) you know God it's that it's that meeting God's power our availability Um, he wants to work through us so I hope you'll be praying what he can do through you I know I have been and he's laid um, thoughts and determinations on my mind Um, so i hope you're doing at least that here's here's another perspective you might consider is praying this prayer lord if you bring something in unexpectedly this week just above whatever just man where'd that come from like i i hadn't thought about this but a couple weeks ago i got a check in the mail it was like 150 dollars from somebody i didn't i didn't know you That was coming I didn't know you owed me that you know something like that pray Lord if you do that I'll give it and then just keep your word (laughs) see what the Lord does that can be exciting see what the Lord does so let's look forward to that and let's let's pray specifically about uh, next week's offering Lord thank you um, for the reminder that you can do anything um, we're amazed when we read in your word of what you did and we ponder when we stop and ponder creation we, we ponder all that you've made and your limitless ability we praise you we glorify you we worship you Lord help us to be willing and available instruments in your hands for your glory uh, this is for you. It's not for a man. It's not for a, a name of a church. It's it's so that your work can uh, be prepared for the harvest uh, that we are asking you to give. So use us. Give us joy in our hearts as you do that. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. We'll see you this evening.